0: This is a sneak peek of next week's episode of Cartoons to Castles.
1: Next week, September 23rd, we'll be talking about the history of the Three Caballeros from the original film to the Three Caballeros animatronics and the newer iterations of the Three Caballeros in the TV shows The Legend of the Three Caballeros and, of course, the newest DuckTales.
0: We have the perfect person joining us to discuss this topic. He is an actor and voice actor who has been in Shameless, Doc McStuffins, we have to mention that as that's a personal favorite of mine and Jessica's daughters, (laughs) and much more. He is also the voice of a member of the Three Caballeros, Jose Carioca in The Current DuckTales.
1: Please welcome Bernardo De Paula. Thank you so Hi. much for having me. Can't wait to talk about Zacarriorca and all things <laughs> caballeros in this week's episode. Yeah, Yay. can you kind of give the listeners a taste of what things about voicing Jose you'll be talking about? <laughs> caballeros, yes, <history>, three caballeros. <laughs> we fly just like birds of a feather. <laughs>
0: Well, that was really all you need to
1: know. Best sneak peek you could have given us. So stay tuned September 23rd for the full episode where we talk Three Caballeros history and hear about Bernardo's experiences voicing Jose. Well, welcome back for our latest mini episode. We hope that you enjoyed our latest episode about DCOMs with the Disney Channel original movie queen, Tiffany, last week. We had so much fun.
0: Yeah, she she is the queen of Disney Channel original movie knowledge, for sure.
1: Yeah, there, <laughs> I literally don't think there's anyone else on this planet who knows as much about DCOMs as she does.
0: I think they would be hard-pressed to find someone who knows as much.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: Who doesn't actually work for Disney, researching Disney Channel original movies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so speaking of Disney Channel original movies, so sometimes in these mini episodes, we come in and we kind of uh, do a little add-on to something that came up during the last episode, or we clarify something, or we just add another little tidbit
1: yeah, whether it be yeah. about Disney fish sticks, like we did in a previous <laughs> mini episode, you know, it could be anything under the Disney sun,
0: right? And we, we we all love our Disney fish sticks, right? But so I I found an article um this week by Allison McLean Merrill. It was on Screen Rant, and she wrote about the Disney Channel original movies turning twenty this year. So I thought I'd make everyone feel old and share (laughs) all of the Disney Channel original movies that will be turning 20 in 2020.
1: Yeah, let's hear it.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you can do the math, but these are all movies that came out in the year 2000.
1: In the year 2000! (laughs) How is that 20 years ago?
0: (laughs) I don't know. It's so weird. Anything after 2000 or 2000 later, it feels like it should be yesterday, and it's not. It's... anyway.
1: 20 years ago.
0: 20 years ago. So, we talked about some of these in the last episode, but there are some that we didn't go into. So, I thought I'd just like give a little overview of those that came out in the year 2000 and, you know, are celebrating their two decade anniversary. So, the first came out on January 22nd. It's called Up, Up and Away. And I'm also going to do the Rotten Tomatoes ratings and the IMDb ratings. So, Rotten Tomatoes, this one had no rating, but on IMDb, it was a 5.6 out of 10, which I think for a TV movie is not bad. So the only normal member of a superpowered family feels left out and confused until he has the chance to use a talent of his own to save everyone. I like that the family is black since you didn't often see non-white superheroes back then and even now it's not as common as it should be, but this looks like a cute movie. The next movie on my list came out on February 5th of 2000. It's called The Color of Friendship. We actually talked about this in our last episode. It has a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 76% and a 7.2 out of 10 on IMDB. So through an exchange student program, a white South African policeman's daughter named Marie is sent to spend a semester with a black United States congressman's family who believe they will be hosting a black South African student and are surprised to find that that's not the case. The Congressman's Daughter, Piper, Schools Marie on Racism and the Girls Become Friends. And we talked about this movie with Tiffany, and it's another one on my personal watch list. It actually looks really good. I watched a couple of trailers and videos about it. It looks like it's a good movie.
1: Yeah, and actually, after we chatted about it, I had seen it many times growing up, but I hadn't watched it in so long. So I did end up turning it on for Garrett, my husband. He had never seen it, and it was a really good movie. Family movie night movie. And speaking of the color friendship, so as we mentioned last week, it's based on a true story. And Piper, who's uh, one of the main characters, Piper Dellums, Tiffany, who was our guest last week, actually just sent this to me a bit ago but you know she's of course a real life person but she's uh, an author and public speaker and has written quite a few books
0: oh cool i'll have yeah. to look her up maybe she's on instagram and i can
1: follow her yeah
0: yeah so that one's on my list how did it hold up to when you saw it as a kid and to now
1: it held up very well like it didn't feel dated at all other than it does look a bit grainy and all that because you know it was a decom so yeah it wasn't made necessarily to be adapted for a wide screen so, yeah, it wasn't made in HD. <laughs> yeah, but so yeah. it does look like it's a film just in terms of the picture quality. It looks like it's from the 90s or maybe even late 80s. It doesn't look like yes. it's from the 2000s. But in terms of the acting and the message and the script, that all holds up wonderfully.
0: Yeah, that kind of works, though, because it takes place in the 70s. So that Yeah, it totally worked.
1: It, I wasn't bothered by it in any way. I just That's was cool. like, oh, I can't believe this was in 2000. <laughs> it looks <a> little, <laughs> but like you said, it takes place in the 70s. So it yeah. worked.
0: All right, so next that year, March 18th, Alley Cat's Strike came out. And the Rotten Tomato score, lower, 51%. That's okay. (laughs) IMDb rating of 6.1 out of 10. And it's about a group of hip retro teenage outsiders who become involved in an interschool bowling rivalry. You know how there's always a teenage bowling rivalry
1: <laughs> hip retro outsiders yeah that
0: was the description on imdb i thought it was interesting that they used both hip and retro uh,
1: well also hip and outsiders because you think if you're hip you're like not an o- interesting description
0: <laughs> yeah so there is apparently a teenage bowling rivalry and the movie also featured kaylee Kawoko from big bang theory And I'll take the Screen Rant writer's word for it, that it's a great tale of making unlikely friends and growing as a community. I don't know how you make a bowling movie exciting. Well, I mean, I guess they did it with The Big Lebowski, but it wasn't really so much bowling. Uh, But I'd be interested in seeing how they make like, like a traditional sports movie rivalry with bowling.
1: I mean, they brought in the hip retro outsiders. Yeah, exactly. They made it work.
0: (laughs) All right. So the fourth one came out on April 22nd of 2000. It's called Rip Girls with a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 69%, 69 dudes, and an IMDb score of 6.2 out of 10. And this is about a 13-year-old played by Camilla Bell who learns to surf while visiting Hawaii for the first time to see some land she inherited from her mom. Um, A bit of trivia, for some reason, this movie has never been released on VHS or DVD, but I did see it's on Amazon Prime Video, so you can watch it there. And in 2001, Camilla Bell and her co-star Stacy Hess received nominations at the 22nd Young Artist Awards for Best Performance in a TV Movie Drama for Leading Young Actress and Supporting Young Actress, respectively. I noticed that a lot of the Disney Channel movies, the kids were nominated for Young Artist Awards. It's pretty cool that... You know, they were given a chance to give performances that maybe they wouldn't otherwise have been able to give. Yeah. Not usually kid lead roles, but a lot of the Disney Channel movies had obviously had kids in the lead roles.
1: And I didn't even know that that... Is that still a current award that's given? I don't know if they still have those. I'll have to look that up. Well, if they don't, then they should. That's a really great idea because, you know, there's periodically a child actor who gets nominated for an Oscar. And it's kind of known that most of the time they don't win because, you know, a lot of times they want to give it to someone who's maybe been nominated multiple times, who's an adult who's never won or, you know, um, and not necessarily a new actor because they're just beginning. They have so many more opportunities to get nominated. So that's cool that they have, like, you know, their own award ceremony. I agree.
0: Alright, so we I think we mentioned this one in the last episode, but it's Miracle in Lane 2. Mm -hmm. It came out on May 13th, and it has a Rotten Tomato score of 44%, but an IMDb score of 6.1 out of 10. Based on a true story, a 13-year-old boy who uses a wheelchair is determined to win a trophy like his athletic older brother. The movie starred Frankie Muniz as a kid who has hydrocephalus and spina bifidia, and he challenges himself to win a soapbox derby competition. The movie poster shows him holding up a trophy so, spoiler alert, it looks like he wins the contest. (laughs) I was like, they put a spoiler on the movie poster.
1: (laughs) I do remember seeing that movie and I remembered what it was about in my mind, but for some reason, until you said it, I totally forgot that Frankie Muniz was the lead in that.
0: Yeah, he was. I think this was an early role before he did some of his higher profile roles. Yeah. So, the next one is a Tiffany favorite, stepsister from Planet Weird, (laughs) which came yeah. out on june 17th i don't know if it's a favorite she talked about She's, it a lot. no
1: she said it yeah it was a. she favorite. loves it okay yeah okay
0: yeah <laughs> so it has a rotten tomato score of 38 oh percent and God. an imTP score of 5.9 out of 10 but tiffany likes it so i think yeah i, like I it
1: mean too. i think part of the reason she liked it was like for how weird and random it is which <laughs> yeah. if you guys know melanie and i which you know to some extent from listening to this podcast you know that we we love the random and the weird so if we watched it we would probably like it too
0: oh yeah a teenager's life is disrupted when her mother falls in love with an alien like you do starred courtney draper who was also in the disney channel series the jersey and the decom the 13th year from 1999 And they kind of do the opposite of a parent trap where they're scheming to stop their parents' wedding. So I thought that was fun.
1: The anti-parent trap. (laughs) The
0: anti-parent trap. And next, for all the horse girls out there, there was Ready to Run, which came out on July 14th of that year. The Rotten Tomatoes score was 50% and the IMDb score is 5.3 out of 10. I feel like the horse girls need to come in with their ratings because I feel like they would give it a higher rating. Yeah. A 14-year-old girl who works at a racetrack trains a racehorse with issues transforming him into a winner that's what the description said he, a horse <laughs> the, and
1: issues. the horse
0: has issues did i mention that the horse talks what it talks it, it, sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like this movie is a cross between mr ed and the horse whisperer so that sounds like an interesting uh <laughs> interesting. interesting movie so coming in next is quince which came out on august 18th with a Rotten Tomato score of 50%, IMDb score of 5.7 out of 10. But this one stars the adorable Kimberly J. Brown from Halloween Town, who plays a 14 year old who goes to desperate lengths to get attention when her mother gives birth to quintuplets, aka quints. So this is a movie where they break the fourth wall, have a bunch of cute babies, and Don Knotts is the governor. So I gotta watch this one. <laughs> And Kimberly
1: J. Brown, I gotta watch wow. it. Wow. Uh Don Don Knotts' role in uh, you know, government really moved up from his Mayberry days.
0: I know, it That's really great. did. He's moving
1: on up. Okay. <laughs> We're just, uh, yeah, we're, Mr. Ed and Gr- we're just combining all the sitcoms. <laughs> I just pulled up her Instagram because I was like, I swear, I think this is correct. Kimberly J. Brown just posted yesterday a green screen video of like her with Quince playing in the background. And she said, happy 20th anniversary to the DCOM Quince. <laughs> oh, how cute. Oh, yeah, yeah, that would have been just recently. Yeah. Yeah, she posted yeah. it yesterday. I don't know if it was because, I mean, it came out August 18th. So it yeah. I obviously wasn't the... Exact day. I think she just meant like the 20th year or something. She just was like "Flashback Friday 20th anniversary since" Quince. Well, I I think
0: she was no there might be there might be something I don't know, but
1: Or it might be a thing like we discussed with um nope. We didn't discuss it. It's something I have planned I'm discussing tomorrow. <laughs> My point is sometimes <laughs> things come out in different areas on different dates.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was the date on Wikipedia, but I would trust Kimberly J. Brown to know. So <laughs> <laughs> so The Other Me was the next movie that came out on September 8th with a Rotten Tomato score of 44% and an IMDb rating of 6.1 out of 10. Will Browning, played by the youngest Laura's brother, Andy... Accidentally creates a clone of himself when working on his science project. Oh, he should wow, what a genius! I know he must be a genius because that he accidentally created a clone. I know. When scientists wow. have been working on cloning for years. So yeah, super genius apparently. And Will thinks he's getting a free ride by letting the clone do his work, but the clone ends up being more well-liked at school than Will. Uh-oh. Relatable, <laughs> am I right? Oh my God. <laughs>
1: I did not know that was
0: the I plot. can't tell you how many times I sent my clone to school and she ends up being more popular than me. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one was uh, getting into their Halloween season. So they aired Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire on October 13th. It has a Rotten Tomato score of 51% and an IMDb rating of 5.9 out of 10. And I really enjoyed this description of the movie. So I'm going to read the description. The Hanson kids are in a jam. Adam and his best friend Duffy have gotten their hands on some tickets for the Headless Horseman concert, and his sister Chelsea has a date with her dreamy boyfriend Peter. The only problem is they're both grounded. Chelsea and Adam will do whatever it takes to get their mom Lynette out of the house, even if it includes a chance meeting with a very mysterious man. Everything seems to go according to plan until their little brother Taylor realizes that this stranger might be a Vampire! This stars comedian and actress Caroline Ray as the mom who also had a supernatural role as Aunt Hilda on the sitcom Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yes, yes. So she went from dating vampires to being a witch.
1: I just, (laughs) I only have one question about this movie for you. What's
0: that question?
1: Who's Duffy? Who's
0: Duffy? Okay, we have to tell this story. So this is back... (laughs) This was back when California had a meet and greet with Duffy. It was this on, was right
1: outside Ariel's Grotto, which is now Lamplight Lounge, but at the yeah. time, Ariel's Grotto.
0: Yeah, and he was doing a meet and greet, and I was really excited because I love Duffy, and like he just, you know, they just started selling him in the parks. And,
1: Duffy the Disney Bear,
0: and I was waiting in line as a grown adult to get my picture with Duffy the Disney Bear. Heck yeah! These two middle-aged ladies walked up.
1: Who were, you know, they definitely seemed like they maybe visited uh, some bars at the park.
0: (laughs) And they walked up, they kind of staggered over, and they were looking at the meet and greet. And then one of the ladies said, who's (laughs) Dottie?
1: Really, really, really loudly. And that was probably... 10 years ago, maybe, maybe eight to 10 years ago. And literally, probably every time Melanie and I see each other, it gets said at one point, one of us will say, Who's Duffy? Like, if we're confused about something, that's just like been a, a catchphrase of ours.
0: Yeah. Or if we see Duffy anywhere in the parks, like, we have to say, Who's Duffy? And that special voice that she used, it was like she, it's like she was mad. That there was a character she there that was.
1: She, <laughs> she seem a little mad. And and there was like a rope around the meet and greet area, you know, because yeah. they want to make it clear, like you can't just walk up to him, you have to wait in line. And she kind of was like had her hands on the the stanchions, <laughs> like leaning over the rope. And was like, yeah, she her face looked like angry. And she was it like, was- Who's Duffy? Like the nerve. Who is this character in this Disney park? And it was fantastic.
0: <laughs> it's like the audacity. And I I said middle-aged, but I'm like getting to be middle-aged. So I think they were actually older than that. I think they were like in their maybe 60s, somewhere yeah, around there. Was, but yeah.
1: It was great. I <laughs> yeah, wish really I wish good. that woman knew how much joy she's brought us. Uh, years. So
0: much joy. I bet she has no idea that two random couples are quoting her 10 years later. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So the next movie. Uh, Number 11 out of 12 is Phantom of the Megaplex, which came out on November 10th. Rotten Tomatoes score 57% and got a IMDb score of 6.5 out of 10. Phantom of the Megaplex is about a young man working at a cinema on a special premiere night And he finds that the films being shown are full of strange and eerie occurrences. The movie was inspired by Phantom of the Opera and features Mickey Rooney. And since I love spoiling Disney Channel original movie endings, spoiler alert, the Phantom turns out to be a disgruntled
1: former employee. I haven't seen this movie, but I knew you were going to say that.
0: How did you know?
1: I just was like, that's probably what that is.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't know.
1: It just, I just, just it was predictable. But <laughs> yeah. but I kind of like predictable
0: movies. You know what? My husband actually put on a brand new Disney Channel original movie. It, I think it's called Magic Camp. It's about Magic yes, Camp. So yes. it's called Magic Camp. And he, we were talking about how sometimes it's just nice to watch a movie that that is just kind of heartwarming and light and a little predictable. Like it's nice to take a break and just watch a sweet family
1: movie like that. You know, you know what I mean? We have to think too much. So if I'm trying to relax. I don't want to have to think. I don't want to think while I'm
0: relaxing.
1: What? Yeah. I don't always just want to watch predictable movies. Yeah. I, I kind of love to do that sometimes. <laughs> That's great. It's a nice feeling.
0: It is a really nice break. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the final movie on this list is The Ultimate Christmas Present, and it came out on December 1st. It was the last uh, movie of that year with a Rotten Tomatoes score of 49% and an IMDb rating of 5.9 out of 10. So the plot is a girl steals a weather machine from Santa Claus to make a snow day. The machine breaks and causes an out-of-control snowstorm. So I don't know anything else about this movie, but I kind of want to watch it at Christmas time. That sounds kind of fun.
1: Yeah. And
0: the movie also featured Brenda Song, an actress whom Disney Channel fans will remember from the series, The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, and other DCOMs like Get a Clue, Stuck in the Suburbs, Camp Rock, and Wendy Wu, Homecoming Warrior. So that's it. Those are the movies that are turning 20 years old this year. So
1: many. It's so interesting. Like we mentioned briefly in the DCOM full episode that the year 2000 also had the most Walt Disney animated feature films released in one year. And this was the year that... The most Disney Channel original movies were released in one year. And I'm just like, what was going on in 2000? Was it like a thing where they're like, it's 2000. It's the new millennium. We got to go big or go home. Or <laughs> yeah. what, what was it? You know? I don't it's know. That,
0: maybe they made good profits the year before. So
1: yeah. Although uh, the Disney Walt Disney animated features that did come out that year, only one of them, I feel, people like really love still um, I mean obviously you're going to find people who love all of these but I mean in terms of popular culture because it was Emperor's New Groove, mm-hmm. Fantasia Fantasia 2000 and Dinosaur.
0: Oh okay I don't think I've even seen Dinosaur Emperor's New Groove is really fun and funny and I actually really loved Fantasia 2000 but I, I like yeah. Fantasia so. Yeah,
1: but I mean in terms of like how it's long standing in popular culture like Emperor's New Groove it's like kind of yeah. like with goofy movies like, there was a long period of time where there wasn't merch for it and all that. But, you know, us, us millennials brought it back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: Emperor's New Groove is still really popular, although uh, Fantasia 2000 is uh, is one of my personal favorites. I, I just really I like Fantasia. I haven't
1: watched Fantasia 2000 probably since it came out in the theaters.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Same with Dinosaur, actually. I haven't seen either of them since they were in theaters.
0: Uh, there's some great segments in Fantasia 2000. I love Neither the one with the... It. With the whales that sort of come out of the yeah. sea. I forget the song that it's to, And then um, the Rhapsody in Blue segments mm. with the little girl and all the people in New York. So
1: yeah, anyway. So yeah, Y2K. Thank you for taking us through that journey of the DCOM celebrating their 20th anniversary this year. It was quite a few.
0: Oh yeah. And Jess, I have to tell you, shenanigans ensued.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in and be sure to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts that really helps new people discover us and, you know, helps more people discover the history behind the mouse and magic where shenanigans ensue.
0: <laughs> and stay tuned for our next episode with Bernardo Paula, which is releasing on
1: September 23rd. Thanks for listening. Till next time. Keep, keep dreaming. dreaming.